everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. This is the podcast where we are playing every single Wii U game. Who asked us to? Nobody. We're doing it. <laughs> Can't stop us. It's going to happen. Uh, my name is Steve Guntley. Hello, I'm the totally fabulous Woody Suskowski. <laughs> and we have one very special guest, and also Lindsay Pennington is here. Whoa! <laughs> oh, hi, Lindsay. Welcome back. Hi, I'm the token girl today. <laughs> And I feel really bad about that. Like I, I, I bit, but here's the thing. Today we're talking about Barbie and her dream home, and her dream home, and her and, whole situation, and her friends, and her sisters, and just we're really diving into the her, Barbie universe, her puppy rescuing nonprofit, uh, yeah, all of that, exactly. we're, which is secretly a tax haven. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're we're talking about Barbie, which means we're talking about a very specific subgenre of games. The the girl game, the quote unquote girl game, the game a marketed, very specific subgenre marketed to half of the world population. Exactly, right? exactly. But like it, it, it's I think it's a fascinating series because I think it represents kind of the gulf between what people think girls want to play with and what girls actually play with. And I thought I would uh, I thought it would be prudent to bring in a woman who is a gamer to kind of help shed some light on this and like what these expectations are surrounding this character. And, and we'll kind of dig into all of that. Um, I mean, you would say you're a Barbie girl, right? Living in a Barbie world. I definitely did sing that song this weekend. <laughs> you definitely did sing the song. Yeah, you weekend. missed it. You weren't in the car for that. Oh, it was a car draw. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good, we, good car song. Yeah, that would be yeah. a very good car song. Yeah. My boyfriend was very annoyed. Oh, I can imagine. Well, that's his default. Yeah, I think that's his also default mode. good. Good epitaph for Lindsay. We'll put that on your tombstone. My boyfriend was very annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, before we dig into all of this pink plasticky goodness, uh, I have to ask everybody: What else are you playing right now? Oh, no, we haven't done this segment in so long. I, I know, forgot that it was a thing because lately all I've been doing is playing games for the Patreon. But I did actually play some different games this week, so I Whoa, thought it's noteworthy. Well, well, that's exciting. Tell us. Well, I well I think about what the hell I've been playing. Okay, my very random poll that I played this week was uh, I replayed Quake. There's a new that HD remake of Quake that was put up on uh, Xbox, and uh, I played through it. It's been a long time since i've played quake uh, i don't think i ever finished it but as of like two hours ago i finished it i played the game all the way through to the end i beat the big tentacly thing and uh that game's a lot of fun it's really fast it's really easy to tune out <laughs> it's also a very weird mess like we talked about it on our quake episode for the n64 but like they literally couldn't decide between a sci-fi theme or a demon theme or a medieval theme, so they made all three games at once. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't make sense, but you know what? It's a lot of fun. All right. Uh, I also started playing uh, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. This is a RPG that was on the PS3. I'm playing it on the Switch. It's from Studio Ghibli and Level 5, and it's got really, really gorgeous uh, Studio Ghibli-style animation. Um I don't know if I'm 100% sold on the game itself, but I'm just loving to look at it. It's got a very gentle, kind of friendly demeanor to it and uh, just really gorgeous animation. That so. is a cute game, and I probably spent, I don't know, 30, 40 hours beating that game, one oh. of the few more recent RPGs that I've beaten, and I don't remember very much about it, okay. which doesn't speak particularly highly. There are some very boring sections where you get transported back into the real world. Oh. And, yeah, not the reality TV show. No, but, no, um, that would be less boring. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, um, and there. Ooh, yes, no it's, it, that, that, that's when the game kind of slows down. Yeah. Um, I have... I don't. I spent a ton of time playing the new expansion in MTG Arena because um, mm. I always do whenever it comes out. 
But the last game I played that I just want to share because it maybe has the greatest title of any game oh, yeah. is um, the sequel to the game Mount Your Friends, beloved swinging dong physics simulator <laughs> from 2015. Um, they released a 3D version of it called Mount Your Friends 3D. The subtitle is A Hard Man is Good to Climb, <laughs> which is pretty fantastic. What, uh, Lindsay, has he made you play this game before Have you ever like, played uh, Mount at your one friends, of these Lindsay? parties? No, I've never even heard of this, and I'm I'm very you, very intrigued. You would okay. love this game. Uh, yeah, so mount your friends. Each button on your Xbox controller corresponds to a different limb on the character, which then you kind of use them to stick to the other characters and climb to the top of a mound of speedo bearing men. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know your character freezes at the top, and then the next player has to climb higher than you just did within a time limit. Um, so they really deliver on whatever it is Mount Your Friends delivers on. And so the 3D physics work uh, as well? I mean, or, you know, are you enjoying the 3D version? You're not, you're not necessarily in it for uh, the physics. Like the, the real physics are not, are not as fun. And I actually purchased the game to use in a tournament, which is happening as you're listening to this episode, if you're listening it when it comes out. Um, unfortunately, Steve is out of town. Um, Ooh, his. Yeah. But he can virtually be there as he listens to this episode. I can, I it's, can. Um, so I have not played it to keep the playing field as real as possible, but I'm sure it will be a hit. All right, that's it's, a good call. Yeah. That's a good what call. about you, Lindsay? So anybody who listened to the N64 stuff knows that I have a um, special ability for Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just really good at it. <laughs> that would qualify <laughs> as a special ability. In my mind, it is. And so I have a friend who's been playing Mario Kart 8 for quite a while and always beats me at it. And so I got it this past week and have been practicing. And then we played this weekend, and I, I have to admit, I still lost. <laughs> so I got to practice some more, and yeah. that's kind of what I've been doing. Sure. I mean, <laughs> it's a great game. Mario Kart 8, the whole different s- sort of skill set from Mario six- Mario Kart 64. No, like, it really is. Yeah, yeah. It does feel very the, different. The physics so. are totally different. So much more crap is happening on every level in that game. And to <laughs> like, be clear, like, you know, uh, me and Lindsay and uh, some of our friends hung out in a cabin this weekend, and uh, well, I was playing Mario Kart as well, and uh, I never beat you. So, you know, and I've been playing <laughs> Mario Kart 8 a long time. Uh, a lot longer than you have. So, so whoever whoever this mysterious third friend in is is really uh, a ringer on it. Well, uh, come on down. He's, <laughs> it turns out he's here. No, he's not here, but that'd be great. Um, all right, let's dig in and talk about these games a little bit today. The, incidentally, the games that we are playing are Barbie Dreamhouse Party and Barbie and Her Sisters Puppy Rescue. Okay. So just so everybody has some ground under their feet. Yeah, that's don't what get we're confused with all of the other Barbie games we've talked about on this program. There's too many. Yeah. Too many. There's Barbie Grand Theft Auto. There's uh, <laughs> Deus Ex Barbie Revolution. Splatterhouse Barbie. The Splatterhouse Bar- Barbie. Barbie's Dream Splatterhouse. It's Barbie's called. Adventures in Silent Hill. Yes, <laughs> yeah, all of these. Exactly. Really great. Um, so to begin with, I want to turn to Lindsay and I want to talk a little bit like, were these games ever forced on you? Like, were these, uh, like, did, did you ever have a well-meaning relative who bought you like a Barbie game or something? No. <laughs> Please elaborate well, okay. for the no. purposes of this know, being a program. No, um, I think I always knew these types of games existed, but like the way I played with my Barbies when I was a little girl was they were hanging out in the teen, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles van. <laughs> Ken lost a leg. I got really upset. Uh, I remembered that there were other Barbies like 
Skipper and Stacy, and I don't remember how they were related. I think that the older you get, if like Barbie just isn't your life, you just kind of, it fades into obscurity. <laughs> I'm hopefully. One would hope. I mean, you are just recounting all of the Toy Story movies, like the plot of them. But I see. I, I think I've even forgotten the Toy Story movie oh, plots. I, the the toys fading <laughs> oh, no. into obscurity. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that happens. So you you did uh, you didn't have the games put on you, but you did have to play uh, with Barbie, or you did play with Barbies when you were a little kid. Like that was a part of your life. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I had to, but I no, definitely. No. <laughs> <laughs> you had to. Your family sat you down and they, they the locked o- the door and they put some Barbies in there and they it said was, you're gonna have fun with these. These things. are the only toys you're allowed to have. Yeah. No, I, I definitely. I don't think I had a lot of toys, but I had a little bit of you know what was considered to be boy toys and what was considered to be girl toys and played with them interchangeably. And I think I was just most upset when my mom got rid of my Duplos. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just, I always think it's interesting because, you know, there are very few games out there that are marketed specifically to young girls. There's like Barbie, there's Bratz, there's Nancy Drew. I would say there's probably more now than there has ever been because the media, like the people have realized that, Oh, phones are just like the medium for games yeah and so like i think that one of like the kardashian kim kardashian goes to hollywood or something is one of the highest grossing games ever yeah it's ridiculous yeah yeah it's ridiculously popular and yeah that kind of tends to be where it lands but i mean if you look statistically women make up 48 percent of the gaming audience and that's i mean as well they should as well they should like and the majority, if you break it down by demographics of what women play, are either going to be match that was that three. was the the less popular uh, Mel Gibson sequel, <laughs> what women play. <laughs> it's just he's a game tester and yeah, he's a big old creep. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the the games that women tend to play are more like match three puzzle games uh, uh, or more gender neutral things. Like uh, one of the biggest, the the two biggest games for girls of like my generation would be King's Quest and Tetris. Oh, Those sure. are the two most played games. And I know, Lindsay, you're a big King Quest head. Wait, is that what you call us? Yeah, qu- questoids, I que- guess. Okay. Grammars. No, I mean, you tell us. No, like literally the first game video. Okay, the first video game I ever remember playing was Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Mm, That's that's a good one, yeah. And shortly, shortly after that, absolutely all, like, not all the Queen's Quests because, like, the early ones, the MS DOS games were a little. Those are tough. Yeah, they were tough even by our standards. Throw baby. By anybody's standards. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just hit buttons and put words and things and it'll happen. So, like, King's Quest 5 is, like, the first game I remember playing that and, um, like, the Dagger of Ra that my mom would play. Mm. Uh, the Dagger of Amon Ra, which was scary as hell for, like, a six-year-old. Anytime that music came on, it terrified me. But it was definitely games my mom played mm. is what I started with. Mm, interesting. Okay. See, that yeah, that makes a lot of sense, too. Well, let's talk a little bit about Barbie as a cultural institution here, because I I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that Barbie like actually changed the face of the world, at least in America, you know, to a big degree. You know, it's the popularity of toys like Barbie and G.I. Joe, which came up kind of in the 40s and 50s. That marks sort of a turning point on how toys were marketed, because before that, it wasn't really a case of boy toys and girl toys there were you have a kid give them this they'll like it exactly (laughs) exactly i mean you started seeing a little bit more of that with like baby dolls or like raggedy ann's or things like that but even then it, it was still a little bit more gender neutral and we get to the point now where like if you're in a target or a toys r us or something it's very clearly 
uh, there's like a pink aisle for girls, and then the boy aisle is just full of wrestlers and guns. Okay, so we have, I, I mentioned at the start of the show that we had one very special guest and yes. also Lindsay. So now it is time to bring in our very special guest, probably our most loyal listener to this show. Yes. Who happened, who happened to be in town. So hello, my mom, Kathy Siskowski. Hello. Hey, Woody and Steve and Lindsay, it's good to be here. Thank you for being here. Thank you. <laughs> So the, I have a story to tell. Please, please. I'm sorry. No, yes, yeah. A story to tell. Um, so I am a generation that was before Barbie dolls, just right before Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. And we played with a Jenny doll. And what's a Jenny doll? Jenny dolls um, were like little girls. They were small um, and they had long brown hair, but they had no boyfriends. They had nothing. They had a little suitcase with a few clothes in it, and you could open the little suitcase, and that was the excitement. And I here's my story. So I remember one Christmas desperately deciding I needed a boy doll. Oh. Now, remember, there's no Ken. Yeah. There's no Barbie. And I was about... Nine. Okay. So I'm before, still before Barbie. And so I beg my parents, you know, I want a boy doll for Christmas. We need a boy doll. And so there, it turns out there was really no boy dolls, Mm -hmm. except what my parents gave me. So I guess I'm nine years old, is a big old rubber, huge baby doll Mm -hmm. that's a little boy. Okay, okay. And that's what I got. And I am visualizing in my mind the Ken doll, which hasn't been invented yet. Okay. And I have to, like, thank my parents for this horrible, <laughs> big old baby doll. So it, my little Jenny doll. So was the, in your imagination, was it like, is Jenny like a teenager or is she like a little girl? Well, she's kind of, she is a teenager. She's okay. like Barbie... Uh, before Barbie grows. Okay. Okay. But, but she's not a, she's not a little baby. Like Jenny's no, not, not a little baby. she's not a baby. She's, so, um, I keep trying to show you, but that doesn't work on the podcast. So when you're playing with, the, with the two dolls together, are you imagining kind of like, you know, uh, romantic like scenarios that like, yes, like you would with Barbie like and Ken, but it, now Ken. it's just a normal human woman and giant baby. Giant baby. And, uh. <laughs> Wearing a boy thing that you would put on a giant baby dog. I'm trying to go on dates, but he keeps pooping. I know. The whole thing was like, and and honestly, I'm sure my parents went to trouble. They were those kind of parents. Sure. They would try to make me happy at Christmas. And literally, this was what a boy doll was. Right, because it wasn't quite as divided on those gender lines yet. Yeah, yeah. So the whole thing was a funny memory. When That's you wild. Talking about this. That is so funny. I love that. I love that image. I'm getting like, what do you know? I'm getting zombies ate my neighbors vibes of like the cheerleader playing with the giant baby. There you go. Yeah. So I missed the whole Barbie thing, um, but I did get a great baby doll. That's amazing. Did you ever get a Ken doll later and finally get to? Give your Jenny a companion, or were you had you lost interest in that by that point? 
Well, it turns out that my sister was born when I was 10 years old, so I just focused all my energy into my little sister, lost all interest in dolls, and I guess just became a substitute, you know, mommy sister. Now, did your little sister get into Barbie dolls? Would she have been the right age? So she would have been, yeah, okay. Totally got into them. Um, Well, I think we decided they... Barbie was born in 1959. Right. Mm-hmm. My sister was born in 1960. So by so the she's time right she in the was old for that. enough, yeah. yeah, she was right there. Wow. Wow. So. That's amazing. Thank you, Kathy, <laughs> for sharing welcome. that. I love that. <laughs> I love that image of just, I'll make do with giant baby. Giant baby. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. You're welcome back to speak anytime. You yes, you are. Find. Please feel yeah, free. Yeah. Tag in. Please. You're not, you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so a little bit about the history of Barbie. So in 1945, there were two business partners named Elliot Handler and Matt Matson, and they founded a picture frame company that they called Mattel as a ah. portmanteau of their names, Matt and Elliot. Um, and the two subsidized their income by making dollhouse furniture. But before long, the furniture doll, the dollhouse furniture became a bigger seller than the picture frames ever were, so they pivoted into that. Sure. And and the they dr- just had these strange, eerie, empty dollhouses. Yeah. And people thought, there's something missing from these houses. <laughs> what what gap should we fill here yeah. in this market? All Everywhere I go, I'm seeing empty dollhouses. Yeah. Also, something very intrinsically t- creepy about an empty dollhouse. There really like, is. Yeah, what, did they move out? Yeah, yeah. ugh, creepy. Uh, so the driving force behind Mattel's rapid expansion in the early days was actually Elliot Handler's wife, Ruth Handler, who quickly developed a reputation as one of the most innovative salespeople and marketers of her generation. She helped this tiny, tiny company grow into a national conglomerate that is still huge today. It's kind of largely based off this woman's sweat, so pretty badass. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she had made yeah. a lot of sweat. So they just have that stored yeah. up in vats in well, the basement. You remember they, the Mattel they... sweat soaker, right? Yeah, Where you just fill your, you fill up you had to a say, jug with your sweat. You had to mail in for additional vats of sweat <laughs> and get delivered. You get like a little bandolier full of little sweat balloons yeah. <laughs> you can throw at people. Um, so be- some of their early successes included a toy called a yucca doodle, which I think is like that. It's a ukulele that has a little jack-in-the-box crank oh, on sure. it that kind of makes it sound like you're pretending to play it uh the corn popper we all know the corn popper the little fake vacuum you know that you play with in kindergarten mm-hmm. that goes pop 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 and uh the mattel xylophone again they didn't invent the xylophone but they <laughs> did invent that little plastic one with the multicolored notes on it wow. that we've all played with okay. so so by 1959 uh ruth pitched this idea that would change the company so when her daughter barbara was young she observed her playing with paper dolls. And when she was playing with these paper dolls, she was always pretending like they were grown-ups, going about doing grown-up stuff. And she thought, that's kind of cool. Like, that's how that's how kids actually want to play. So she pitched this idea of, like, a doll to her husband, and he's like, no, no, no one would ever play with that. <laughs> and so a few years later, they're on a trip in Germany, and they come across this fashion doll called Bild Lily which is uh, basically, it's literally just Barbie. Uh, and so okay. it was kind of representing everything that she wanted to do. So she, Now, was, do, you remember, do you know if that doll was marketed towards kids or was it more for like adult collectors? It, it was uh, marketed towards adult collectors, okay. like more than anything else. So she bought a couple of these dolls, brought them home, mocked up her own prototypes, and then in 1959 sold them as Barbie. Uh, almost immediately, the German company sued them for uh, infringing on their copyright, and they just kind of made an offer and bought the rights to build Lily and then just like, okay, well, fine, we stole it, but now we own this too, oh, so it's all sure, ours. Sure. Uh, and so it, it became just an absolute 
out-of-the-box success, literally. <laughs> um, it was noteworthy as the first toy line to be marketed almost exclusively on television, which was a really groundbreaking strategy for both the doll and for the toy industry, because this is where it was going. Uh, thanks to this marketing push, Barbie has to date sold more than 1 billion units worldwide in more than 150 countries. Uh, the in-house estimation at Mattel is that three Barbie dolls are purchased every second. Wow. I don't think that's literally true, but yeah, <laughs> um, either way. But Barbie as a pop culture figure has become almost as iconic as like Superman or Mickey Mouse. She's like this kind of intrinsic part of Americana, but she's also been this decades-long source of controversy. And so much of that stems from uh, the issue of body image. Sure. So like Barbie was pretty different from other dolls at the time, even the ones that were ostensibly for girls like baby dolls, Raggedy Andy. She is a teen fashion model, you know, that's, she's an oh, aspirational job? Like yeah. in, okay. in the initial going, that was her job. And so that kind of made her this aspirational figure. And a lot of people projected that this was what femininity in the fifties and the sixties is supposed to be, you know? And so she, when she wasn't modeling, she was a housewife, you know, and she's got this perfect figure and this blonde hair and everything. And it proved to be a standard that is just like not impossible to maintain now that is impossible to yeah, yeah yeah that is impossible to the uh lindsay was pointing out earlier there was a study a couple years ago where they were uh, well, yeah let, quite a quite a while you could let like, Lindsay tell us yeah, about yeah, this study. Tell, yeah, yeah yeah like they 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 did a mock-up of what she would look like if barbie were a real person right like and she's just like this weird monster I mean, she's a monster anyway, but <laughs> no, I think it was that she'd have to be carrying a kidney outside of her, that her boobs would like, like, yeah, carrying a kidney have like half of her ribs removed, that her boobs were so large that she would have to be like leaned over all the time. Mm. So she'd have obviously back issues and foot issues because back then you couldn't put anything other than high heels on a Barbie. Mm. Um, and her size of her head, I'm sure. I there were a lot of things, but it was it was pretty disgusting. Her proportions do not match the human proportions, and that's true. If you think about it, like my sister's Barbie dolls, like their feet are always like pointed, like it, it, uh, they're always like straight up and down. So like they're always like ballerinas on point. And have you seen what happens to women's feet when all they wear are heels? Their toes? Oh, it's disgusting. You should Google it. <laughs> All right. Going to go Google yeah. women's feet. Yeah. One second. Wait, Whoa. That, hey. Wait, hey, that's in my saved searches. No All problem. Right. There we go. It, was, yeah. it wasn't out of my way. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, the, the, some of the body image issues are kind of intrinsic now in our culture because it's been around so for so long. There's even a psychological disorder called Barbie syndrome hmm. where people will – starve themselves or modify themselves to look more like this ideal. And this, sometimes like very specific, like people will get surgery I, I, of yeah. people like to look more like Barbies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a uh, Ukrainian model named Valeria Lukyanova, and she is known as the human Barbie. And she claims that she has not had any surgery. Uh, I call major bullshit on that <laughs> sure. because human beings do not look like they that. don't have plastic skin <laughs> yeah no they do not but either way she has like some kind of ridiculous uh, uh diet that she keeps on to maintain barbie's actual waistline which is should be humanly impossible you know so mattel to their credit they tried to rectify this like in the 90s they introduced like a new waistline for barbie that's considered a little more realistic it's still well below what the average American woman's waistline is sure. like, it's still kind of an aspirational thing, but it's a little more reasonable. 
And in recent years, they have launched like a curvy Barbie line, a couple things like that. Um, some have also criticized the way it reinforces gender roles, you know? So in some ways, Barbie was kind of being pitched as a role model, which is cool. Like Barbie became an astronaut. She was a lawyer. She was a doctor. She had all these different jobs, but anyone who's watched the classic Simpsons episode about Malibu Stacy will remember, uh, that's parodying a real life controversy where Lisa would pull the string on the back of the Malibu Stacy doll and be like, math is hard. Exactly. Which math class is tough is an actual line spoken by uh, a talking Barbie released in 1992, as well as I love shopping and, uh, (laughs) let's go meet boys or some other (laughs) stuff like that. Like, which parents groups and like feminist groups came forward and said, yeah, that's really fucking sexist, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, let's really meet boys. I think that's going to be my, my new catchphrase <laughs> on this show. Well, and I mean, speaking of just things in general, like we started playing the Barbie Dreamhouse game, which mm-hmm. you said was done in what, 2013? Mm-hmm. And the narrator or like the person who's supposed to be motivating you while you're playing these mini games, because that's what it is, is a bunch of mini games is Ken, Mm -hmm. we think, and he's super, super condescending. (laughs) And it's just like, it just just does not, it's still, there are still issues. (laughs) It's still present, still present. Yeah, absolutely still an issue. Uh, You know, so they're, they're coming around a little bit. You know, I think, I think Mattel seems to be listening to the complaints and like increasingly you have to wonder like what Barbie's role is in, in the modern America. Like, yeah, the traditional Barbie ideal is just kind of increasingly going away, which is like amazing. Like I love that um like gender and sexuality and like things like that are becoming a conversation for kids younger and younger. Like they're getting education in, in things like a little more divergent than what Barbie and Ken's like dyad is kind of representing. Yeah, totally. But uh, you know, so like there's there's a new role models line with a lot of women of color based on real people like Katherine Johnson from the NASA engineer or mm. Ava DuVernay, the filmmaker, has a Barbie doll now. Like there's 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 steps in the right direction, but uh, it's still I don't know. I'm curious to see what this brand does in uh, the coming years. Well, and in between all that stuff, there's all the Disney Barbies. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I had a little mermaid. And she was my favorite because you could put the tail on her and you could like take her into your bathtub and play like, you know, toys. <laughs> there was also Prince Eric, but his hair wasn't hair. It was just plastic. Mm. And so that got scraped up pretty bad. <laughs> but lots of those. Now, sooner or later, they're going to have to start adding realistic genitals to these things. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they, they've made it pretty it far, no, I'm Steve. Kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I hope they don't. <laughs> that would be a very strange direction that they would take. No, no. That's a totally different doll line. We yeah, need to worry exactly. about that. So yeah, Bar- when are we playing the real doll series of video games? <laughs> <laughs> the real, real doll Dreamhouse minigame yeah. collection. Oh, God. Avert your eyes. All right, so Barbie video games, like, I mean, Barbie's spread out into everything. Sure. She's got a bunch of TV shows and movies and comic books and books and board games, like everything. For a while there, they were talking about doing like a live action Barbie movie with Amy Schumer. So I assume it was going to be some kind of parody version. Of, that could be of, fun. That could be funny. Yeah. That could be funny. Um, but Barbie has also been a regular fig- figure in video games for a long time. Now, her first appearance was in Barbie for the Commodore 64 back in 1984. Uh, most people, if you're familiar with it at all, uh, Lindsay's showing me a picture of Life Size, the movie with Lindsay Lohan and Tyra Banks. 
which was terrible. Oh, I, be- I believe it is terrible. Yes, that's it. <laughs> You're saying the movie with Lindsay Lohan and Tyra Banks was terrible? Academy Award <laughs> winner Tyra Banks? Yeah. Cesar Award winner? Uh, no. <laughs> Didn't win the Palm Door? Come on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, it, the, the first Barbie NES game came out in 1991. That was the first console game. I believe that's like a platformer. I remember these games, like, for the NES and Super Nintendo being pretty, like, the victims of derision in Nintendo power when oh. they like listed like the top worst games are like Barbie supermodel, like what's going on. And I'm sure it's not a great game by any means, no. but it's hard to believe that like, but you can't tell me that Barbie's not like at least as bad as like the blues brothers or the yeah. Wayne's world game or something, yeah, you know, exactly. like there are several other hundred thousand boy oriented. And games. I mean, it definitely did. I think it's really, and we're still obviously have leagues to go, but like, it's really taken a while for people to be like, oh, this is a girl video game. And, yeah. and to be like, oh, video games don't have to be specifically for girls or for boys. Like, people just play games that are fun. Well, like, it also just kind of reinforced the idea that, like, girl games should be uh, mocked. They should be sources yeah, of that's derision. True. Like, like, we're instantly going to take this less seriously because it's all pink and sparkly. Right. But also, like the games don't rise to a level where you can defend them. Is, right. Well, I mean, the problem. You, like they, they don't put any effort or into it because the, the narrative is now like, Oh, this is a game just for little girls. We don't need to worry about it. It can just be right. crap. It's yeah. the same thing. The criticism here is not that these are girl games. The criticism is that they are licensed games. Exactly. That is bad in the way bad licensed games are. Definitely. Yeah. That's the big concern here. Well, let's talk about the first one of these games today, and that is Barbie Dream House Party. That was released November 19th, 2013, developed by Taurus Games, published by Little Orbit, also released on the Wii, the 3DS, and Steam. So we remember Taurus Games and Little Orbit from uh, our many terrible dream uh, uh, DreamWorks-based games, uh, <laughs> so they're they're going to pop up a few more times on this show, unfortunately, Oof. but... Uh, yeah, they're they're the kings of uh, uh, very low budget discount Wii U games that really don't use the Wii U features at all. <laughs> uh, so this game is based on a web series called Barbie: Life in the Dream House, which ran for seven seasons and had spinoff movies that aired on Nickelodeon. Uh, and it was a parody of reality TV. So Barbie and Ken and their friends they live in the dream house and they film little like talking head confessionals. So it's kind of doing like a Big Brother thing, but with Barbie. Sure, uh, not a bad idea for no. a show. I think that's clever. I mean, this this is the tone here. You feel like it's trying to be a little bit tongue in cheek about like because some of the thing like Barbie's character is so much rooted in the old. I don't. It's like it comes back around to irony, like because if you say the early '90s, there's like talking Barbie, yeah, and she's like, "Oh, math class is hard," or you know, has this very high pitched, giggly presentation, very very uh, outgoing, yeah. And I feel like at this point, like. Mattel is aware of that as kind of this weird stereotype, but here they're leaning back into it, but now it's kind of like winky about it. It is. There's something a little deranged about Barbie in this game. I don't think they really recognize it, but there is something very like... Uh, oh, I just joined Nexium about her. You know? Yeah, like she's, exactly. She's, she's, uh, she's I've definitely... taken more than my regular doses of Adderall today. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's some. There's some scary stuff going on with Barbie in this game. Uh, so this is, uh, as Lindsay indicated, a very, very lazy uh, minigame collection um, with some fashion elements to it and uh, some, vi- I don't even know if you can call that exploration. <laughs> some uh, some treasure hunting. Yeah, kind of. So the premise of the game is that 
the Barbie's closet, which is an advanced AI that runs the whole house, apparently. Yeah, it's kind of like Cambot from MST3K. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's it's angry or you press the wrong button or something like that. And oh, now it no, has locked the all gr- the girls in their rooms. One of the girls. So the game starts with like this video. game. They were playing this fashion game. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. They're, they're gonna, playing a video game. This within overly the video complicated game. seeming fashion game. And then one of the, the friends is like, I don't I can't tolerate this terrible video game. Yeah. So she goes into the control room of the house. Cause this is a room that house that has its own control room. Every home like, does. Yeah. She like, you know, sabotages all the electronics, which forces the house into lockdown. And then your punishment is that you have to play. Ironically, she seeks to get away from a terrible game by making us, the players, play a terrible game. Such irony. Such irony. Uh, Yeah. And it it has a very, very weird structure. So you play as Barbie and her three friends. Yeah, this game is only four player. Only four player. Like, there's always four people involved. But you, you know, you can play one player. You're just only the one and there'll be three computer controlled. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, you pick one of the dolls, and then when you start each level, the computer tells you to find four of a certain item that's kind of themed to the room, and then you mm-hmm. need to take it and put it literally on a pedestal at the front of the room. Now, they don't tell you which pedestal is the right one, but there is a wrong one, so you need to just keep picking up the, like, so if they yeah, tell well, you to yeah, find a shoe. No, there's no, like, logic to it. It's just, like, what? so, like, Barbie's might go in the third one, and Nikki's shoe might go in the second one, but it only... It, but they like, don't indicate it Yeah, in it just any flashes way, right? red if you put it in the wrong well, one. they don't punish you. They're just so, nope, doesn't go there. And they don't even say that, so it's... Yeah, but I don't know. It's like it's kind of a weird example of a thing that feels like it's supposed to be a puzzle, but there's nothing puzzling. It's just put well, it no. until the light turns green. And then we we kind of realize like also this game likes to drop you in without really giving you any instruction, which sure. is like admittedly you can figure it out pretty quick. You can quick. figure it out, but uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so but you have to remember, yes, this is marketed towards. Not our age group? No. no. <laughs> That's so entirely like, true, but I'm so, saying so is Mario Party, and they so explain exactly. everything. Well, that's the thing. Is that like, so this was marketed to girls who maybe this was their first video game, and it doesn't give any actual instructions, mm. which is inherently bad on its own. Because what we were figuring out as we were looking for these items, so say you're in Barbie's bedroom and you all you have to find four shoes. Yeah. Uh, so you can, you just walk around the room, like uh, pressing a next to furniture and then they'll jostle it around and sometimes they'll find the shoe. Yeah. But if you find a shoe that belongs to another Barbie, like a little icon of their face. Again, we, we discussed this earlier. They are not all Barbies. Barbies Uh, does not refer to the species of being. I forget their name, but I do assume there is a species of Barbie, like, uh, Okay, Lindsay's got Teresa, Raquel. I was Nikki. Nikki. Okay, those are the dolls. Thank you, thank you. I was Barbie. I didn't need to learn any other things. (laughs) Sure. All right, Uh, I am the queen. Um, Yeah, so so it will show the icon. Like, if you're playing as Barbie and you find Nikki's shoe, it'll show a picture of Nikki up. Like, only Nikki can touch her own shoe somehow. I don't know what the logic of this shoe, that Barbie can't just take Nikki's shoe and put it on the pedestal. They're like, no. I mean, Lindsay, this is a thing that happens, right? Girls do not let each other touch their clothes or shoes. We share all that shit. (laughs) All right. So wait, this game is not accurate to the female experience then. Well, I mean, in the beginning of the game, Raquel was being sneaky when she said she didn't want to play the video games. And she was like, oh, I really want to wear this item of your clothing, Barbie. And Barbie was like, yeah, it's in like aisle 34, number C. So it's just like Clueless's like share from Clueless. It's Mm -hmm. like her closet on fucking. 
fucking steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually did find that kind of funny that she's like, oh, rack 57, aisle three. Like, right, and that's what I mean by like yeah, the slightly jokey premise of this game. It's like, this dream house, like Barbie has everything. Yeah, and, yeah. And this game, like it just, the structure of this, of having, okay, so anyway, you find these collectible yeah these four items you find them in the room and then you get to play the mini game right that's attached that's your reward is to play the sweet sweet mini game and now in this first case it was kind of like a uh almost like a kaboom style game you're moving Mm -hmm. back and forth with a tray trying to catch presents that are falling from the ceiling occasionally beach balls fall from the ceiling will knock over your stack of presents fuck you up those beach balls are doom (laughs) okay sons of bitches touch the beach balls it's Uh, the the great great video game enemies pyramid head mm -hmm, bowser mm -hmm. yep the beach ball from Barbie's dream house. That's the one. Yeah. That's the scariest one. Albert Wesker. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, 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 Kefka. Uh, yeah, and then, exactly. uh, yeah, and then the puppy from the next game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah Definitely sure. the villain, the little Shiba Inu uh, puppy. These the games do a weird thing. All the, the mini games don't show you a score in game. They don't show you a score. Also, these are so long. Yeah, I think they're three minutes they're three a piece. Three minutes of catching presents, okay? And the only real control you have is you move left and right, and you can press the A button to make the presents fall a little faster. And if you and the other girls are, like, jostling each other, then nobody's catching any presents. But you get five. You make a stack of five. As long as they're touching each other, they'll clear, and you'll get points for that. Yeah. Yeah, so... And then and then the game... Again, one of those games that potentially would have been fun if it was half the length or maybe... Oh, maybe 30 seconds of the length. instead yeah, of yeah. three minutes. You definitely are like, wow, I feel like we've been playing this an eternity. Yeah. Uh, so then you finally beat it and someone wins. There seems to be, like, no way to fail in this game, which is fine. Like, no, that's fine. There, sh- there shouldn't be, like, one player wins and then they're like, okay, great, move on to the next one. It doesn't really matter who. Yeah, and then and, you can choose a different room in the house. and you can right, well, There's nine rooms and you can choose at your leisure. First, you stay there for... Uh, to find like concept art for your inspiration board, yes. which is also hidden around. And, and there's also a very important part, which I've actually found the most fun part of the game, okay. which is uh, uh, swapping around your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. So at, in every cute room, outfits in this game, if you, they are very cute outfits. If you go to the top right corner of the screen in any one of these rooms, it'll open up a closet. Everyone else will just have to fuck off and wait while your character's changing clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like you can just absolutely stop mid game. Uh, and then you just customize your outfit. You're unlocking new outfits the entire time. Um, I like the breadth of uh, choices that you get to customize your avatar. I think they all look pretty cute, and it was pretty fun putting on their uh, outfits. Uh, I disagree. I think they all looked the same. And the thing was that, like, in the beginning, you only have, like, four different tops and four different pairs of shoes. So There's no way not to we duplicate around, one of the yeah, other when girls. we were running around in the mini games. I had a real hard time trying to figure out who was who. Yeah. And I just ran around. And it time. does feel like the number one goal in a Barbie game is to not copy an outfit that another one of the girls has. That should like, be. Yeah, there's no real penalty or anything. There's no real penalty or anything uh, related to that. So like, but I, I did, I I don't know, whatever reason I enjoyed that element it's of just, it. It's just, I mean, this game does an okay job in terms of like making your characters feel like they are dolls. Yeah. In the sense that they do move a little bit stiffly in a way that feels intentional. Yeah, they, um, they, the game looks pretty good. Like yeah. the character models look good for what they're trying to do. Like it's going for a direct to video like uh, uh, aesthetic and it kind of meets that. I, I think that the real issue with this game, aside from it just being tremendously unambitious, is that the structure of having to pick a room. So once you beat a mini game, 
the game loads. Mm-hmm. Then you get this maybe 10 second cutscene of Barbie sitting in bed eating a cupcake yep. or making some comment about the game you just played. Uh-huh. And then it loads again. <laughs> And then you're like, okay, now pick another room. Then you have to play the scavenger hunt. Then you play this way over long mini game. Mm-hmm. And the end result is like the act of playing one mini game takes like six minutes. Yeah. And if this game was just, again, tremendously unambitious, but was just a menu of nine mini games and like the top option was just like play all yeah similar to like an olympics game and you played through all the mini games in you know 15 minutes sure. i would have a perfectly passable they'd, four they'd player fun. time because i mean there was there was a uh the kitchen mini game was kind of fun that's where you're you're there's cupcakes exploding out of this machine mm-hmm. and you just need to build this tower of babel of cupcakes like the yeah. reaches the sea the, the, the heavens and I, can, I would say you know. like that was the best one we played and that was maybe at the level of bad pokemon stadium mini game yeah yeah like, yeah that's that was kind of the best one and then like the the Wii U gamepad features are really inconsistently implemented because which is to say they're mostly not implemented mostly at all. Mostly not implemented. Like you have a little grid in when you're changing your wardrobe that would make absolute perfect sense for the gamepad touchscreen doesn't work on there. But one of the the dog washing mini game that you do in the bathroom absolutely does require the 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 touchpad and it also gave me a huge advantage because I was using the touchpad you guys were using Wii remotes. And the re- controls were not responsive. Like, right. Lin's, yeah, Lin's just in the way that the Wii remote is not responsive. <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, it, it just wasn't like really responding to you. In the meantime, I'm like washing three dogs with my yeah, style. And I was so like, like one like, and a half way through. I was barely cutting those dogs' nails. Like, there's a half a clean dog out there. Yeah. What What good is that going to do to anyone? Just no, throw that dog in the garbage. Who would love it? And that's probably one of the dogs that's abandoned on that's the streets. That's true. That, in the that's next a, game. it's a sequel. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all there is to say about Barbie Dreamhouse Party. There's not a lot of replayability here. I think once you unlock all these, uh, you'll unlock everything you need to unlock by playing the game once, you know, yeah. but it is for very, very little kids. So it yeah, makes sense. but this also retailed for 40 American dollars when it first came out. So I think I would feel a little ripped off if, uh, if that's all it was. Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe there's some... I mean, we didn't play all the minigames. Like I said, it takes a long time to get from one to one. And maybe there's something here that's sort of fun, Mm -hmm. but we never found it. And the amount of effort required to get there is just not worth it. Like, No. And it's just not... I don't know. It's not it's not a terrible game in terms of like the mechanics. So it's not a I'm, fun, ironic play. I'm sure it's like not even going to be the worst mini game collection we encounter. Yeah. Like it's probably not the worst one we've encountered yet. But, uh, <laughs> Lindsay, do you have any final thoughts on Dreamhouse Party before we go rescue some puppies? I mean, I'm glad that when we went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. That it was dog watching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all not related to the game. We all just <laughs> like to poop together. That that it was dog watching and not something else. <laughs> that would have been a very strange choice for the Hard Barbie pivot. game. Hard pivot. Yeah, Barbie. exactly. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about our next game today, and that is Barbie and her sisters colon puppy rescue. I have Barbie to say and colon, her sisters colon. They're what, what is puppies. she doing running around with her sisters colon? <laughs> well, it had to be on the outside of her body, like her oh, kidney. Uh, sure, they moved some ribs around. You know, just she had to look like that Barbie. was that was the. Uh, Scrapped Sam Peck Peck and Pop Project. Exactly. Bring me the colon of Barbie's sister. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke for one person, and his name is me. Thank you. Okay. Uh, So Barbie and her sister's Puppy Rescue released November 20th, 2015, developed by Taurus Games, published by Little Orbit, also released on PS3, 360, 3DS, and the Wii. So, uh, yeah, 2015, a Wii game. Yeah, so a very, very late Wii game. 
it is weird that like the shelf life of the Wii U was about two years where like they were making and like the shelf life of the Wii was like 12 years. Just Dance 2020 came out on the Wii. Yeah, Yeah. that's still crazy to me. Uh, The Wii U had been dead for years. They did not get that game. So this game was released in conjunction with a direct to DVD movie called Barbie and her sisters in the great puppy adventure. Uh, Barbie, her sisters, incidentally, are Chelsea, Stacy, and Skipper. Uh, so I think Skipper was kind of a big doll line when she was introduced. Okay, and they're all, they all younger than her. They're all younger than her, uh, and they wind up going on a treasure hunt and uh, rescue a bunch of puppies, as you do. <laughs> uh, I couldn't really find much uh, You didn't this. watch the movie for the preparation you know, for the episode? No, it turns out I have my limits. Surely your life has not gotten that sad. No, well, like, I mean, you'd be surprised. Sure. There, there is always a lower level. Uh, but no, uh, the, the, the people writing reviews of this game online think they're very funny uh, as you can imagine yeah it's of lots course of like oh man this is the most extreme gory game there's so many plastic boobies in this i'm like yeah you're, you're great you're great nailing it can't wait to see your top five at the chuckle hut <laughs> um so yeah uh the the developers did have a cute little promotion with this game where uh they let uh fans send in pictures of their puppies and they get put in the game and i, I wasn't sure what that would look like i thought it's like okay are you just gonna model some of the digital dogs mm. to look like the real dogs. But no, it's every once in a while, Barbie will get like a text. You open up her phone and it's like a real life picture of somebody's dog. Yeah. And it says like, thank you for sharing. Like it's a cute feature. Yeah. I, I mean I like, like that. This game does a good job of combining Barbies and dogs. Like there I mean, are, there are Barbies <laughs> in this game and there are dogs in this game. And I feel it. like that might be like a decent sized Venn diagram of like people who like bar- Barbies and people who like cute dogs. Sure. And so like, I do think that this game delivers on that. Hey, it, even though like this game is outrageously boring. But. Wow. It's so boring. Okay. And weirdly, there's kind of a lot going on in this game more like, than i initially thought there would be. now this would imply that it's a multiplayer game since there's multiple characters multiple in the sisters. title of the game yeah. but uh it is not it's a single player game and uh it's it's kind of like processed it's kind of like uh, uh different steps that you go through and you kind of hand the baton off to different sisters at different points yeah it's like a lost vikings type where, exactly. one, where one of the sisters has the power to like uh lift a shield <laughs> yeah exactly and, and the, the other, other one can, can, grow, can grow tiny and fart and destroy blocks exactly <laughs> uh, no but like what you play as barbie for most the main section of the game where you're out yeah. in the open world um, going Basically from end to end. The the four sisters have founded their own puppy rescue service mm-hmm. in their hometown, and so they each have their own job to do. And Barbie's job is to get on her bicycle, ride around town, and look for lost puppies. Now, there is a, an epidemic <laughs> in this town where they live in. People are abandoning dogs They are left right across right. the other town from that makes the puppy mill, and then occasionally, like puppies don't come out right and they just drop them off in this town it's horrible it's horribly depressing if we live think about it for even a second i don't know these puppies seem to be pretty happy wherever they are but still kind of messed up so barbie goes around on her bike looking for dogs and sometimes the dogs will need to be coaxed out of their location and you'll have like a little maze mini game or like a quick time event oh we didn't didn't get that far did yeah i don't think we found a dog that uh wasn't willing to come along i mean what one thing i do like about this game on the pot like because when we start you you just sort of send it's very easy like you just look at your map and like okay there's a dog over here a poster so you go and you look at the poster and it says i'm missing my dog rusty or gunner or whatever or tex or leon Uh, yeah or yeah leon uris the puppy yeah Yeah. so you uh then you just get like this purple arrow that you could follow that leads you towards the dog and you go you press a you pick it up and i'm like oh man is this gonna be just like 
infinite of the finding these kind of dogs with no variety and like this game does kind of have a story like a progression even a though progression. Yeah, yeah even though it's just go find another dog like the first dog you find from a poster the second dog someone calls you and says i'm missing my dog yeah the third dog you find another poster but this time there's paw prints that you need to follow yeah yeah so there are different ways to approach like each puppy rescue mm-hmm. Once you find the dog, you'll put it in your basket. You ride back to the community center. You hand it off to your next sister. She's going to scan the dog, see if it has a chip, uh, and then figure out if it needs any kind of, like, treatment. So it might need, like, flea treatment, which uh, unlocks a mini game where... A horrible, horrible distressing, messy mini game with, with really gigantic fleas crawling on the Yeah, the poor fleas bastard. are about one-sixteenth the size of the, of the dog. <laughs> and you've got, like, a little dropper, and you're squeezing medicine onto this dog, and this dog must just be fucking coated in this nasty flea medicine yeah, by ooh, the end it, of the day. It's gross. You, that dog needs to dry out for a few few days. It is the worst. Anytime, like, uh, my dogs have had their flea treatment and I don't know, like, and I go and pet them and it's just like you get a handful of goop. It's, yeah. just, it's so gross. It's no fun. And and as Lindsay pointed out, too, like, that dog would just be trying to lap up that medicine all day yeah, and just that, be, that's like, true. getting sick. Um, so once you finally, oh, there was another mini game where you had to in like inject a vaccine into the dog, which was oral, which yeah, was a little vaccine, odd. Yeah, like a heartworm thing. Yeah. yeah. So you have to time it right, and then you spray a syringe full of medicine into the dog's mouth. And again, like none of these activities are particularly interesting, aside from the distressing size of the fleas. Yes. But I like the way that there was a different one every time. Yeah. And no, they, I agree. Yeah. Like I mean, if, if they can give you a different kind, if they only reuse these same challenges a couple times. I think that's in favor of the game. And the kind of procedural approach that they're taking here is pretty interesting. Like as a, this is the way a dog center works. Like, so little girls, if you want to grow up to work in like a dog, like a humane society or something, like this is kind of what you expect. Yeah. Dog gets true. rescued. You treat it. You, you don't have to like get into the nitty gritty and like do the finances. No, no, <laughs> no. You don't have to worry about like applying for nonprofit grants or anything yeah. like that. But the big problem comes after the dog gets its flea treatments because then it's like, all right, so if you want to reach this next level with this dog, you need to give it some training. But the game blocks you from doing this by giving you a real-life counter of like 10 minutes where you just have to go kill some time in the city waiting for this dog to rest up and be ready to play. Now, you can collect bones uh, by successfully completing minigames, and the bones are their money, also the worms. <laughs> um, but you can uh, you can spend the bones on items for the kennel, which will ostensibly, like, speed up the rest time. I didn't notice a difference. No, I, I didn't either. We, yeah, I spent 20 bones yeah. to really pimp out this dog's crib. Um, but it's it, like a DVD player in there. Yeah, it's like exactly. a DVD player in the DVD player. I gave this dog a throne room. There was a bunch of balloons coming off of the top. Here's a VHS like, copy of Torque. Exactly. Crank and Crank Two. Yes. Uh, dogs love Jason. High voltage. Dogs love Jason Statham. Um, but it didn't really seem to speed it along. I think what this game wants you to do is basically you rescue a dog, you put them through the veterinary process, and then they sit for a little bit in their doghouse, and then you go find another dog. Yeah, yeah. But the issue is the process of finding dogs is so, so boring. It is. Because Barbie's bike, oh my gosh. Yes. Like, learn to ride a bike, Barbie. You yeah, that's that's so much of this game is like riding around in this kind of like 3D open world environment. Mm-hmm. And it's this very bland looking town that looks like it's the entirety, the entire inside of a mall. Yeah. Uh, and you're just riding around very, very slowly. There are these medians everywhere that you can't get over. 
Uh, you can bump into people all they want. It won't do anything. Uh, and there are several sections. If you deviate from the road at all, your bike will not be allowed in and you'll need to get off and walk on your feet, which is even slower than your bike. Do you think that like there was a push to for Barbie not to do anything unsafe or that seemed like it could potentially oh, be illegal must or be. replicated? I, I'm sure of that, right? Yeah, because you can't ride your bike downstairs or anything like that. Because like, that seems like the easiest fix to make this game at least interesting would be to have. I don't. I don't need like crazy taxi mode where you're I like. I want parkour. Yeah, no. it, but like something to because that's such a big part of open world games is like is. I mean, this is a very small world, but mm. um, is the actual navigating from place to place exciting? And it's right. so slow in this game that it's really hard to want to keep playing. Yeah, definitely. Well, and the other thing with open world games is you can usually interact mm -hmm. with the environment around you. You can't interact with anything like the NPCs that are literally just people walking around. Yeah, you'll slam into someone with your bike and then they just sort of... They kind of push you out yeah, of the Yeah, exactly. Like, don't do that. Um, there's just one big giant bike lane and then one lane for cars where it just looks like it's parallel parking yeah i don't think there's any moving no, cars in no this moving whole game cars. there's a, a giant median that you can't cross between the bike lane and the car lane mm. um, and people are just walking around everywhere so definitely i think safety and making it be real toned down was a part a big part of it yeah but the end result is um just like it's so slow. And my mom asked the very insightful question. Um, it, what, what was, is, is this boring? Is, or yeah. was, which is a question that she has asked about many games. Yeah. I could be playing like Ninja Gaiden sure. and she'd be like, is this boring? And I'm like, no, this is great. What are you talking about? Yeah. But here we were all like, yeah, yeah, this, this is, is boring. This is boring. It's quite boring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You, you nailed it. You get stuck on walls a lot. It's just, it's not really fun to get around. And then Again, it's just kind of ridiculous that you have to wait so long for your puppy to get rested up and you can advance to the next level. Because the next level is like training the dog. You know, you train it to teach it a couple of tricks with some little mini games. And then the step after that is if it doesn't have a chip, you need to find it a new home. Oh, but the I game see. doesn't let you like give the dog to a bad home or anything. It's not It's not like that. I mean, there, it's all no very way, much on rails. Yeah, there's like, no way to some fail. Some dogs go to the same home. Any of it. And that's just kind of the cycle. You just keep going through. That's that's the whole game until you just you just keep rescuing puppies, bringing them back, going through the mini games, rescuing puppies, bringing them back. Like, that's it. That's all you get. So, uh, A plus, uh, 10 stars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this year's must-see hit. 100 out of 100. Yeah. It's like... A white-knuckle thrill ride. I, I don't know. I mean, again, the thing that I enjoyed about this game was it did feel within the first three dogs that we interacted with, there were different challenges for all of them yeah. of like, oh, okay, now you're going to go throw the ball and like Lindsay trained the dog to heal where you just kind of walk and as it gets too far forward, you pull back, which again, looked very boring, but I'm like, well, I appreciate that they're doing something different. <laughs> Well, and, you know, we were talking about these being marketed towards girls specifically. I would say that the puppy rescue one felt less like a girl game to me. Like, I liked the fashion aspect of the first one in the hidden closet in every room. Don't get me wrong, but that felt like very focused on looking good and acting pretty. And the second one 
felt a little bit more like an actual storyline and mm-hmm. not specific. They just happened to be sisters. Right. It was right? just like they started with the gameplay of like, we want a game where you rescue puppies and like, oh, it could star Barbie. But it's not like built out as a Barbie game necessarily. And it's like, oh, they're fleas. They're like, oh, they're disgusting, but they're still doing it. And I think anyone would complain yeah. about getting rid of fleas. Those giant freakishly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I do think actually you bring up a good point that they're like, could have this game is not that far from being like kind of an all right game in the sense that if they make different, like it doesn't like, yeah, it, it really doesn't feel like anything else. I've And played. if they integrated maybe cause we did all like the sort of fashion choices from the first game. Sure. And if it's like, okay, we're going to make this open world bigger. We're going to make Barbie a little more like, I don't need her to control like an Assassin's Creed character sure. or something of like scaling, you know, ceilings and rooftops but like i do want that but it would be you're like oh look you found this top hidden in this alley and now you can go and like customize one of the sisters to wear this different top i don't know that barbie would want to wear like a garbage top yeah well that's a good point but i don't know maybe that could be another mini game game where you wash your garbage beating it with a rock or something yeah Yeah, until the stains are gone just like something out in the world that felt like made it worth exploring the world or made it feel more alive yeah there's it's so dead yeah yeah yeah. like a integrating that fashion in there could be kind of a way for that to work it would almost be less creepy if there weren't people like walking right if there was just nothing like if barbie set off into the void to rescue yeah, dogs just like the movie ghost world exactly <laughs> yeah yeah just totally empty and devoid of life uh yeah so it, it just it doesn't quite work it's pretty sloppy um do we have anything else to say about puppy rescue Are we ready to move on to our rankings here i know i stepped away for a moment but did you guys talk about how ugly the dogs were Oh, no, we didn't. That does seem worth talking about. So it was like they tried to make them cute because they did like the big puppy anime style dog eyes. Mm -hmm. But that was about it. Maybe the tail on the Shiba Inu. The the hair texture on them is really ratty and looks unpleasant. Like it just looks this. These are not cute puppies. Yeah, they're they're kind of little gremlins. And they make one barking noise. You'd think for a puppy game, you would have you know, different types of dog noises, maybe an awoo even. No. <laughs> and a woo. It was like, no, awoo. <laughs> you shush. <laughs> but what was it? It was like, oh, oh. Yeah. It was like one noise, yeah, and everything they do is that one noise, and it's not even like on repeat. It's just single moment. Okay, done. Make the noise again. Done. Make the noise. Oh, God, that was the worst. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, we did not comment on the sheer ugliness of these puppies, but that does feel like a misstep, right? Like your whole game should be about, look at how cute these puppies are. Don't you want to save them? And it's, uh, no, I'm more worried they're going to tear apart my World War II era aircraft. Sure. Like, yeah, they're bad. Um, All right, well, let's move on to our rankings here. Uh, Each week we are ranking the games as we decide they are worthy of being ranked. (laughs) Uh, You know, like... Maybe I'm grading a little bit on the curve. These are for very little kids, you know, and I don't want to uh, knock on it too this much. Is I think be I, the, the Elmo's number journey of uh, kinda, the kinda, Wii U episodes. Like, like you know, you have to take it on uh, the grounds that it's it's shooting for. You know, you have to take it on its own terms. In that sense, I think Barbie's Dream House is probably a little bit more successful in attaining what it's trying to do. Again, like you said, hmm. not ambitious at all, and it's got some really kind of clumsy things and. You know, there are uh, way better minigame collections that you can be uh, playing, but I think that one is a little bit better. Um, 
I think I would rather play uh, the Avengers Battle for Earth game before this one. So this is going to be 34, uh, and that's between Avengers and Cabela's uh, Pro Hunts. Okay. And then I think Puppy Rescue will, uh, I'm going to put it right under that. Um, I'm just going to kind of keep them together because they're they're not, I mean, they're they're pretty substantially different games. I'll give them that. They have a whole different flow. They have a whole different goal and a whole different, different style. tone, really. Whole different like tone. The Puppy Rescue one is not really like, campy and sparkly no like no there's no attempts at kind of like uh, uh winking at itself like you said so it's it's very straightforward and for little kids okay um i'm i disagree with you i think that the puppy game is better really it, okay. um, right. i think that it is more fleshed out of a game and for to play like three minute long mini games that that is ridiculous are just so like they're essentially the equivalent of what you would play on a browser if if that like a browser in 1998 sure you go to candy stand yeah you go to candystand.com and you you pop up one of these uh barbie mini games i think i did probably play one of these on like comedycentral.com or something <laughs> when they had south park games yeah it was yeah exactly um whereas at least the dog one felt like it was its own unique thing and if i if if I knew a little girl in my life who was very into Barbie and very into dogs. I would not feel embarrassed about giving her this as a game to play. Okay. Because I I, I think that even though it's because I think the only issue with it is it's very boring. It's very boring. That person did was not. I think kids are okay with boring stuff if they care about like the the medium that or like the the content i mean kids like repetition like especially very young kids they respond to repetition and puppy adventure is all repetition yeah yeah so um but with with all that said like these games are not very fun um no i'm gonna put uh the puppy game uh, under the walking dead survival instinct which was number 38 oof and then um i'm gonna put the mini game collection under uh rise of the guardians which is 42 okay uh barbie's dream house one thing that i did enjoy about barbie's dream house is the robot in there is kind of fun yeah it kind of has like glados uh patronizing energy which yeah i love a good patronizing robot uh Lindsay, you were nodding uh eagerly to woody's assumption can i assume you like the puppy game more than the dream house game uh yeah I mean, it's, it's, I don't have much of a list, obviously, <laughs> you guys. Yeah. But I would put the puppy one ahead. I think it was better for like the audience it was going for. I think that's right. We, we have to ask Kathy too, because uh, she had the misfortune to witness us playing these games the entire time. So I was just curious. Which what, what, game, yeah, what, what struck at. your fancy more here? Well, I've been thinking as you've been talking about this that I so desperately wanted those cupcakes in the Dreamhouse <laughs> game to I wanted the women to get into a cupcake fight. <laughs> <laughs> or I wanted the burning cupcakes to sort of fall on somebody's head. Um, and I thought that was really funny since I've been so opposed to violence in video games. And I'm just watching that like, oh, my gosh, this has to happen. There needs to be some kind of slapsticky thing kind of. Yeah. To, I, yeah. I, I get I, it is funny because I felt like there's been so many times that I would play a game down in the basement. And you're like, why don't they make a game about cleaning your room? So you would come down <laughs> and then now you're like, oh, come on. I hope those those Barbie's hair catch on fire in this cupcake game. Like you see that games need action. You can't just make them. See, see, yeah. And they say that games don't cause violence. They're they're inspiring some very violent thoughts in your mother now. So. so funny. 
Uh, all right. Well, we do have one letter this week. It's covering similar questions that we've had recently, but there is a different twist here. Uh, hey, Steve, Woody, and guest. I'm not going to add conditionals. I'm guessing there is a guest. Wow. They, somebody you finally got it right. It. Two, two, guests, two of them. Two guests. Nailed it. Uh, so forgive me if I'm not the first to write about this, but at a recent Nintendo Direct, they announced that in addition to N64 games coming to Switch Online, that a wireless N64 controller will be coming out for the Switch. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that with all of its bizarre and unique problems, the N64 controller is back from the dead. Can you guys think of any other controllers or peripherals that would also be a top contender for least likely to be brought back? Love to the pod, RIP to the old audio glitch. It's from <laughs> Elliot. We haven't heard from about the audio glitch in a while. Thank you, I Elliot. Miss um, yeah, so peripherals that are the least likely to come back. And I mean, I don't know if we ever took like an official, official stance on the N64 controller. I think oh, we both yeah. kind of end up like, look, this is a fine controller. It, it's <laughs> it's weird, but it works for what it's And I'm glad that they're bringing it back in the sense that so many of the games that are on that Switch online service feel like you got to play them with the N64 controller. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Mario, Mario Party or Mario Kart. Or Mario 64, 64 yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's just, been the big problem with Mario 64 trying to put it on other systems is the controls don't feel right. And so. it's not necessarily like that's the best, but are you heading out, Lindsay? No, I'm waiting. Okay. okay. <laughs> I feel like a lot of pressure to hurry and get out <laughs> whatever I'm going to say. signal happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like it just, I associate those games so much with how the controller feels. Right, uh, right. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it coming back. Yeah. Um, as for uh, peripherals that are not very likely to come back, um, I mean, what is your, what is your, I've uh, been playing the Fairchild channel I, F I a little knew you bit. Were yeah. Say that. Yeah, um, yeah. Just by a little bit. Look, I mean, like, look up this controller if you're not familiar with this console. Yeah. T- 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. It's like a plunger. Um, it has no button, yeah. but you can push in on the plunger or twist it in different directions. Yeah. Yeah. Which lends actually to some pretty unique stuff. Like the baseball game for the Fairchild channel F essentially lets you control the speed and direction of your pitch yes. by twisting or put it's kind of like a sign or like a bop it game kind of yeah that's that's what it looks like yeah it's the equivalent of that um and i guess i miss that kind of motion like some controller that forces you to do a whole different motion like i love the i mean you're a fan of trackballs yeah trackballs or like the atari paddle controller speaking of kaboom Mm -hmm. um so i would love something like that i just i also just generally miss light guns like i know there's going to be a House of the Dead uh, remake for nice. Switch, I think. But and that light they're, gun. Yeah, they're probably going to use, like, you know, point with the nunchucks and stuff. But Or maybe there'll be, like, a, uh, a Labo one that you can build yeah. or something. That'd I just, I wish that there was a new light gun game that didn't suck. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, I think least likely controller to come back, I think uh, it's kind of the universally discussed worst controller ever made was for the Atari 5200, right? Because wow, that... Was it? it what, well, because it has... A joystick at the top and then a number pad down below. There was a decent amount of controllers that did this. Right, yeah, but this one was particularly broken. Okay. It also had two buttons on the side, uh, but the problem was, like, the springs that they used to attach the uh, analog stick disconnected when you would play it for too often. So uh. oftentimes you would get a limp stick on this little controller and you wouldn't even be able to I mean, play we've, we've, we've all. all gotten a limp stick Steve. look hey, hey it no happens to everyone it. No it happened yeah. to my virtual boy uh <laughs> it's happening to my psp right now yeah. it's basically dying it, uh, it's like 
the, the yeah, when you dig back, there are some real odd controllers. Like yeah, uh, another thing that, while to figure it that out. would be fun would be uh, the Intellivision controllers that you needed to slip a little piece of plastic like yeah. into the controller so it would tell you what all the buttons did. Because yeah. this controller, this is from like maybe like the late 70s, I think had... 10 buttons on it because yeah. it had like nine number buttons a control pad and like two face buttons yeah 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 and then you know you go earlier than that and every controller just looks like you know you're trying to jump start a car like you just need to <laughs> tap wires to it and hope yeah. something happens so so that those are our picks games uh controllers that aren't going to come back mm-hmm. um I, mean, I think we uh we should let our guests get out of here mm-hmm. uh thank you so much uh uh Lindsay, for being here we're always happy to have you i'm sorry it's been a while since you've been on we're gonna have you back more often well, I think we're going to switch gears next time for, you know, the complete opposite of this. Yes. Next right. Time, yeah. Right. <laughs> next, next time we're having you on, it's going to be something uh, that is more akin to the cupcakes catching your character's face <laughs> on fire and melting them. Um, melting them into horrible, like, mutated freaks you need to shotgun. Exactly. Yeah. And also a big thank you to Kathy for being here. Thank you so much. It was so delightful to have you on. Um, you know, she's she's a longtime uh, a mother of Woody. Yeah, that's uh, true. For at least two, three years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. on that. Yeah, so uh, it was great having you both. Um, so be sure to tune in next week. Uh, we're going to be playing. Uh, Steve gave so- me the privilege here. Um, he was like, we've been playing some rough ones. Do you want to pick the next game? Yeah. Maybe, maybe a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I picked, where did you go with, uh, what NES remix, ultimate NES remix, NES remix. That, seemed, that yeah. felt like one we would need to do minimal prep for. Exactly. It's like, we yeah. know the NES games. We've played them. We and so them. we're and excited to see them remixed. And it's a mini game collection, so we can kind of just break them down on a game by game basis. It's going to be fun. I'm excited to try this one out. I don't think I really uh, have spent too much time with it. So I'm excited. All right, so tune in next week for NES Remix Pack. In the meantime, we'll see you at the Dream House. Woo! I'm a Barbie girl. I'm a Barbie, let's go party. I'm a Barbie girl in the Barbie world. Life is plastic, it's fantastic. You can brush my head and trust me everywhere. Imagination, life is your creation. I'm a blind people girl in the fantasy world Dress me up, make it tight, I'm your darling You're my dar, rock and roll, feel the glamour and pink Kiss me here, touch me there, hanky-panky